Average Joe Travels the California Inscape Season 6 Body Double Trouble Episode 6 Which Witch is Which? Story Conceived by Penguin Pete Written by Dodge Zelko Clyde Wren available in the Champagne Room Featuring the vocal stylings of This Is Signal, with Asher Ephraim as Spanky. It would have made for great television if not for my friends being in very real peril. I divided my attention between the two portals. Now and then, Spanky and Anne would dip out of sight, but never for long. There was always another mirror, or some other reflective surface, artfully placed, hatching its secret surveillance. Zelda had done her due diligence. Were I around to advise them, I would have voted against splitting up. Never mind that splitting up had been my idea to begin with. That was then, and this, unless my inner clock deceived me, was now. How long are you gonna let them suffer, Joe? I'm quite proud of my little traps. They've been the bane of even my most cunning rivals. If I could help them, I would. I hate to break it to you, lady, and I eh, wish it weren't so, but the average in average Joe isn't mere modesty. The Joe part is. The most magical thing I've ever done is wash a cheese grater without shredding the sponge. We shall see. You strike me as the gallant type deep down. My money says it won't be long before you break. There didn't seem to be any getting through to her. I've met some hard-headed dames in my time, and Zelda made even the hardest of those heads out to be eggshells. Well, when all else fails, turn up the charm. So, what's your story, Z-Baby? Why don't we get to know each other? Shush, shush, now. I hate it when people talk during the movie. She pointed at the disembodied mirror portraying Spanky. Let's just enjoy tonight's entertainment. My spunky little associate, unbeknownst to me, had a penchant for muttering to himself. Or maybe it was just when he felt scared, as clearly he did, for which I couldn't blame him. I was coming up short on valor myself. Guided by the light of his Blarney Stone, he peeped into a considerably dour chamber. An open pit lay in the center of its stone floor. An iron grate, like a horizontal portcullis, covered the pit. Spanky couldn't help himself. He inched forward to peer inside. After all, I might well have been in there. May the wind be at Spanky's back, lord. And to the devil with you, Joe. Let's spit it up, he says. Fine idea. Whatever fate befalls you, you brought it on yourself. Spanky never much took to you anyway, with your whole jaunty insouciance. Nope, it never sat right. How can you trust a man who never gets hepped up in this barmy business? A thunderous noise clattered behind him. He leaped about a foot in the air, which, for one of his stature, constituted a pole vault. Consequently, he landed on the iron grate. It sagged below him like a slack fishing net, then trampolined his wee bahuki, as the afflicted himself might say, up into the air. This repeated again and again and again and again, until the bouncy little green ball might well have hypnotized me, if it hadn't been screaming. 
Zelda was tickled pink. And to think, we're just getting started. On the bright side, he couldn't get into further trouble so long as he stayed, uh, springy. I turned my attention to Anne's portal, brainstorming all the while what I might do to better my fortune. I ran a quick inventory of the flotsam at hand in all 36 pockets of my fashionable trench coat. That is a bit of an exaggeration, but not much of one. It amounted to half a shoelace, some smokes, some effervescent mint, my Calibri, my wallet, a key to my hotel room, a dinner roll wrapped in the funny pages. Today's Lil Abner was quite memorable. The still somewhat sticky label scratched off of a Hefeweizen, the other half of the shoelace, and a dollar six, no, dollar seven in assorted change. I'd be out of here in no time. Joe! Inflect your aura if you can hear me! I'll get right to work on that, Anne. I just hope I don't pull something. Though I had a good deal more faith in Anne than in the hapless Irishman still being dribbled a few floors below, or a few floors above, I wasn't totally clear on that. There was no reason for her to suspect I was captive in a parallel void. It might be up to average Joe to save his own skin. I find I always think better with something to nibble on, so, making do with my meager repast, I unwrapped the dinner roll. Why don't we send darling Anne a few playmates? She looks lonesome, don't you think? Before the rhetorical query had even left Zelda's mouth, I beheld Anne beholding something most unholy. The gray stone walls of the hospital corridor became riddled with cracks. Cracks started chipping away, showering in shards to the floor. Anne protected her head, trying to keep an equal distance from both walls. There was nowhere to run. By some Zeldonic sorcery, what lay beneath the walls were unbroken sheets of mirrors. The left flank reflected the right flank. The right flank, in turn, reflected the left flank. Both flanks, and their reflected flanks, reflected Anne, for whom the effect was, I must presume, a tad disorienting. Last chance, Joe. I hate to play so rough. But I can't drag this out all day. I'm a busy witch. More like a whizzy... No, she wasn't even worth wasting another of my wisecracks on, internal or otherwise. Really needing to chew this over, I brought the dinner roll to my lips and took a bite. Or tried to. Chipping a tooth instead. I'd pocketed it longer than I thought. Meanwhile, Anne's true reflection was bombarded by other reflections, look-alike reflections, if you follow me, reflections that appeared to be hers but behaved with too much autonomy. They leered wickedly. They made catcalls and unprincipled hand gestures. Their faces, so otherwise familiar, were contorted with demonism. Their eyes welled with blood, and the blood trickled down their cheeks. Anne didn't know where to aim her wand. They attacked in unison, the reflections, shooting beams of what can only be described as molten lava from their eyes, orange and iridescent, but behaving with the properties of light. 
When a set of beams fired from the left hit the right flank, they ricochet at wild angles back to the left flank, and so on into infinity, all these beams ricocheting forever until Anne was tangled in a glowing web, rendered immobile. The closest beam passed through her underarm, so she couldn't even lower her wand. Another singed a lock of her hair. Unaware I was observing her, she didn't bother to hide the desperation from her face. Joe! Spanky! Anyone? The demon doppelgangers engaged in a chorus of cruel mimicry. Zelda stood there so smug, so pleased with herself that I had to act, however irrationally. In a fit of temper, I lobbed the ossified dinner roll at her head, and missed by a mile. There's a reason they don't call me Fastball Joe. Zelda whirled on me. Then we heard glass shattering. To my amazement, the stray missile had smashed one of the floating portals, thus opening, or so it seemed, an interdimensional threshold. That is precisely what I meant to do. Zelda lunged at me with all the vicious agility of a puma. I was not expecting it. We grappled on the floor. My chivalrous predisposition did me no favors. I knew what needed to be done, a punch to the throat, a knee in the ribs, a forehead to the face. But I was relegated, for the moment, to piñata status, and only wished it were candy spraying from my nose. Fortunately, not all the company I keep are gentlemen. That's it, G-Bag. Spanky's about sick of ya. What a stroke of luck that leprechauns never travel anywhere without their pickaxe, as I'd only learned recently. He buried it in her skull. (laughs) Zelda collapsed. I wriggled to freedom. Spanky handed me a lump of rock-hard bakery. You dropped your bun, Joe. Maybe you should press it to your nostril. No point. It's about as porous as a rock. What an ignorant thing to say. You never heard of pumice? Gypsum? There are plenty of porous rocks. I sighed, having forgotten the essential passion of all leprechauns for lithological discourse. I pointed to the live telecast of our partner and her plight. Listen, Spanky, don't mistake my impatience for ingratitude, but it appears Anne could use our (laughs) assistance. Zelda lurched to her feet, the pickaxe still jutting from her cranium like a pump handle. Her eyes welled with blood, just like Anne's other doppelgangers. I trusted Spanky would again come through in a pinch. Ah, Run! With me hot on his heels, Spanky jumped through the shattered portal whence he'd come. We were in the room with the grated pit and consciously steered clear of it. There was nothing with which we could obstruct the portal behind us. Not that it would have done any good. Zelda's calculable conduits were countless. We hightailed it toward the sound of Anne's cries for help. When we found her, the beams of molten light were no longer molten. They had hardened into smooth black stone, as hard as steel, as shiny as onyx. Anne was trying to clamber her way through, but the going was slow. It was a long corridor, dense with obstruction. We cheered her on, serving as moral support in lieu of... actual support. 
The dinner roll, against all odds, had helped me out of a nasty situation. A snafu, in military parlance. I was wondering to what use I could put the effervescent mints when, at that moment, Zelda appeared at the opposite end of the corridor. There she comes, in. Step up your pace! Scurry like a rat, damn you! I'm going as fast as I can. Can't you just obliterate your way through with that magic twig of yours? You honestly think I haven't tried that? Keep brainstorming, gentlemen. And if you launch an attack, make sure you target the right Anne. I mean the wrong Anne. I looked at Spanky. Spanky looked back at me. It's your turn to be the hero, my boy. Spanky spent. The only thing to do was scramble over and try to pull Anne through faster. But I would never make it in time. Zelda, who could walk right through the bars, did just that, closing in on my partner at a worrying pace. Sweaty and sore from crouching through acute angles, and accepted her lot. Our eyes locked. I nodded. She stopped advancing towards Spanky and me, and instead turned to face her aggressor. A showdown between the two ends was imminent. Was imminent. I popped a mint, despairingly, and offered one to the leprechaun. Ooh, tingly. <laughs> 